We're gonna talk about this week in wrestling Cause it was terrible unless it was great This is T-Bones Ladders and Podcast, it's TLP Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Tables, Ladders, and Podcast, the only podcast that throws a confetti party for the guy we walked out on last week. This is episode 132. I am your host, as always, Point, and joining me on the panel to discuss the week in WWE, we have... Wehrman. Hi. What's up? Afterlife. <laughs> Not a whole lot of energy in that one, Wehrman. Are you feeling I okay? Didn't... I didn't have a snappy one-liner, so I was like, what the fuck? And Java. I know that the Zigman went all the way. How do you know that? He told me. How did the crowd know that? (laughs) What? Was there video posted somewhere, like, on X2? Yeah, like, like, (laughs) immediately when they say, like, I never went all the way, the crowd just starts chanting, yes, you did. Like, what the hell? (laughs) What is wrong? Like, were they all there? Possibly. Who knows? I mean, is it any different than the crowd chanting, You suck, Cena, at Nikki Bella? No, because we know for a fact that Nikki Bella and John Cena, like, actually do have sexual relations with each other. Do we? Well, at least according to the horrible reality show. Yeah, that's the story that they willingly put out there, so we can make the assumption based on their own inferences. And I don't think the cameras ever actually follow them into the bedroom, unless there's something about Total Divas that I'm not aware of. I don't know. I've never seen Total Divas. I can only assume. That would explain why people actually do watch it. (laughs) Well, on that note, Mr. Wehrman, do we have any news? I do have a bit of news. Uh, Let's see. First of all, S.E. Scoops has reported that Dewey Foley, uh, Mick Foley's uh, son, is in talks with WWE about joining their creative team. According to reports, he'll be joining the company as a creative assistant in a part-time position early next year and may be offered a full-time position depending on his performance. This, I think, is interesting, not just because of Dewey's father, of course, uh, but also, Dewey himself has vocally railed against WWE in the past, especially against Triple H in particular. Um, he's gone on record on his on social media and on his personal blog uh, to quote Foley the Younger, uh, my dad made your ass, and people told uh, my dad all his life that he would amount to nothing, so Triple H should know from experience that the people that work their asses off and are told that they're worthless are the ones that make their company the best that it can be. Without my dad, Triple H is just a mid-carder. Which, well, I mean, he's not wrong. Yeah, I know. By the <laughs> way, Dewey railing against Triple H sounds like some kind of charity forfeit to me. Yeah. I I am really hoping they take the opportunity to form a tandem team of some sort with him and Mr. Glenn Jacobs just so we can finally have Kane Dewey be a thing in, in the WWE. Would you call him the Kane Dewey attitude? Yes. Sure, why not? Yeah. You, I'm, I'm assuming y'all missed the reference. Yep. It's it's a famous Cactus Jack promo. Look it up on YouTube sometime. Mm. Anyway, 
Holiday episodes of Raw and SmackDown are expected to bring in low ratings, but this past week's Thanksgiving episode of SmackDown was absolutely dire. PW Insider is reporting that the episode only brought in 1.6 million viewers. And just for comparison, last year's Thanksgiving SmackDown brought in 3.05 million, so it's not even not even half. Isn't Thanksgiving SmackDown supposed to be like a big deal for WWE? That's when they have all the crazy backstage turkey shenanigans. Yeah, and this year just nobody watched. I don't think I've watched one of them since Hornswoggle actually killed the Soaring Eagle. <laughs> while I was uh, while I was home for Thanksgiving, I watched about two minutes of SmackDown. Mm. Then my mom changed the channel. That was probably a good choice. What I don't know. It had, the, it had the New Day shilling merchandise. Well, there's always that. Uh, on the bright side, in terms of ratings, this past Monday's Ross on Uptick. And the ratings uh, drawing 3.17 viewers, or 3.17 million <laughs> viewers, I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was just us. <laughs> Three and one-tenth of a person watched Raw this week. <laughs> 3.17 million viewers, uh, up from last week's uh, record low, 2.96 million viewers. <laughs> but, Hello, you know, that's not... That's not entirely impressive. Hey no, guys, but it's it, gone up from record lows. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, hey, at least they didn't keep going down. They didn't set a new record. <laughs> That's true. Got to stay positive, guys. Yeah, every little bit helps. Some would argue that wrestling fans are less than one person, though. Some would. Yeah. Yes. Some would. Some of us who have been on forums for a good long while might. <laughs> Hi, Owen. <laughs> Actually, there he is, right in the comments on time. Yeah. <laughs> what else uh, we got in the news? Okay, uh, a couple more bits of news. Um, I guess we could then check in on our buddy Owen. Um, let's see. If you're wondering why Intercontinental Champion Kevin Owens was absent from this week's shows, he and his son came down with an unexpected illness and had to return home. He's expected to be back next week. You know, so, last time a prominent figure reported that he and his kid were not feeling well. No. <laughs> okay. Really after like really I'm just well, saying. I hate to um I hate to use that as a segue, but <laughs> On the subject of people who use a diving headbutt abusing their loved ones, uh, New Japan cult favorite Tomoaki Hanma is facing charges of domestic abuse. His longtime girlfriend, Kiyo uh, Kyoko Ichiki, uh, herself a retired wrestler, is reporting that in the past four years of their 18 years together, Hanma has grown more frequently violent, ranging from dragging her down a hallway and knocking her unconscious to kicking her in the head in front of her mother. Uh, so yeah, Hanma has denied these accusations and claimed that any violent altercations between the two were in self-defense. Uh, it may also be worth noting that it's um, been a long-time long rumor that Hanma has old connections with the Yakuza. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, everything about that is awful. Yeah, I'm really, really, really hoping none of that is true. But if it is, then fuck that guy. Well, the thing is, as soon as he, when he's like, "Look, this is none of this is true," uh, 
this is all blown out of proportion. At that point, I'm like, okay, maybe. And then he's like, she was the violent one. And I'm yeah. like, ah, damn it, now you're fucking naked. And, oh, yeah, violence happened, but it was her fault. Yeah, exactly. It's like, when nothing happened, uh, I, I never hit her, but if I did, she started it. <laughs> exactly. Suddenly it's like, mm, damn it. How can you explain a kick to the head as self-defense in front of somebody's mother, though? I'm not sure about that one. Uh, that, yeah, I have no idea. I think that would be way down the list. <laughs> of possible scenarios, yes. Alright, I've got one last bit of news, um, and this is strictly a rumor, but it's a rumor I'm very excited about. Uh, WWE is allegedly talking with uh, New Japan's Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, in the hopes of signing him. Uh, he's one of Japan's biggest stars at the moment. Uh, he is uh, one of the few uh, New Japan stars who speaks fluent English. Uh, he's a former traveling partner and longtime acquaintance of Daniel Bryan. And uh, according to people close to him, he wants to do something huge in the U.S. in the near future. So all signs are pointing that it may happen. I think it all rests on whether or not they insist on giving him some kind of gong in his music. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, Nakamura would be, I think, the perfect breakout Japanese star to get over in the U.S. I, I because don't know he's... about a gong, but... but... But if he doesn't have a Kyoto, then it doesn't matter how well he can wrestle. The fans just won't buy it. Sure. But, I mean, okay, like, Nakamura, like, he, he's one of those guys who has a personality that goes way beyond just, I'm the Japanese guy. I mean, no, that's that'll the problem never... they've, always, they've always had with, like, um, like um, Keiji Muto and Jushin Liger. Uh, even, uh, even now with Hideo Itami... It's always just kind of like, I'm the Japanese guy, I know some kicks, that's all I've got. <laughs> but, I mean, like, Nakamura is basically like the wrestling Freddie Mercury. He's fucking amazing. Um, and I know... Does he have the mustache? He does. <laughs> Good. Dude, Nakamura is, like, my lord and savior. Um, he does have some rather impressive entrances. Yes. Uh, and I know, like, last year after Daniel Bryan won the Intercontinental title, he and Nakamura were both angling really hard to do, like, a crossover match during uh, WWE's Japan tour. I mean, Ooh. it never happened because Bryan got hurt, but it might still happen here pretty soon in the future if, uh, if that rumor's true. Well, how would you feel if your lord and savior was served up on the altar of Baron Corbin? Uh, I mean, given NXT's track record, I don't see that happening because they're very good about taking, like, internet darlings and keeping them relatively well-booked. Main roster might be another matter, though. Yeah, the main roster is going to be a fucking nightmare. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm going to look forward to it for, like, the six months that he's on NXT... And then it's just going to be a complete disaster as soon as he gets called up to Raw. It's a sad state of affairs. Did you say that was your it final really news? It really is. Uh, that is uh, all I have, but I believe Point has uh, a few bits of news for us as well. I do. Uh, let's see. First off, 
the matches that will be on the DVD uh, set NXT Greatest Matches Volume 1, which is really seen next year, uh, was re- uh, the list of matches was recently announced. Um, they are a few things that you would expect. For example, the first uh, championship match between, uh, if you'll remember back three years, Seth Rollins and Jinder Mahal. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just to show you, like, you know, where NXT started. Uh, let's see. Um, there are some highlights, such as Sami Zayn and Cesaro in that two out of three falls match. Um, a couple things, however, that I wanted to make specific note of are some matches that we have not seen before because they happened at uh, live events or in dark matches. Uh, these include uh, Hideo Tommy versus Tyler Breeze at the San Jose pre-WrestleMania show. Ooh, okay. And the on one the where he broke out the GTS? I bel- That's right. I forgot about that. Um... And on the Blu-ray exclusive uh, match list, there is a dark match at uh, one of the takeovers between Paige and Becky Lynch, as well as a match from October of 2012, CM Punk and Seth Rollins versus Antonio Cesaro and Cassius Ono. That sounds amazing. It does. I uh, I might actually uh, try and get this, uh, this uh, Blu-ray set just to... Uh, uh, to watch some of these matches that I haven't been able to see before. How much Bull Dempsey is on there? None. <laughs> I'm going to have to pass on that one there. Okay. Uh, let's see. In other news, uh, last week we reported about Brad Maddox being fired from WWE. Uh, he is now taking indie bookings under his new uh, ring name, Mad Braddox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, in addition, that is like you know when like when people joke about like when somebody goes from WWE to TNA, it's like and what's Brad doing the Impact Zone? <laughs> yeah, I I love that he just decided to just do that. Yeah, fuck him, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? Just yeah. fuck him. <laughs> Um, in addition, uh, he recently, uh, in fact, uh, just yesterday or the day before, um, launched his own page on ProWrestlingTees.com, and it was announced yesterday that next Tuesday, the 8th, he will be having an AMA on the Squared Circle subreddit on Reddit. Oh, nice. Hmm. Um, let's see, do I have another news? Yes, here we go. Um, WWE also sent out uh, earlier this week an email to its uh, what they call their fan council uh, asked them to take a survey about Monday Night Raw asked them questions such as when do you change the channel and do you watch backstage segments and recaps so I love that it's not I love that it's not I love that it's not do you change the channel it's at what point do you just no, so, give sorry. up I, on our I, I show? I was paraphrasing. It, it was things like, would you change the channel during talking segments? Things like that. Okay, okay. How specific um, were they? Is this, is this like, now, is this like a... During John Cena addressing the authority from the ramp. Like, 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 like is this a fill-in-your-own-answer, or is this a, uh, I... You know, you, do you change the channel during John Cena promos, yes or no? 
Uh, I do not know. I'm apparently not part of the fan council. I did not receive the email. <laughs> I love how you've just found this out. I'm apparently not part of it anymore. Well, I mean, oh, I get a whole bunch of emails that just get filtered out, so I used to just search in my email box like five seconds ago to see if I got it. The way big companies uh, do surveys, it's usually how likely are you to change the channel during this? Very mm-hmm. likely, quite likely, unlikely, extremely yeah, unlikely. It- it's such, that's such a frustrating way to do something like that because an actual fan wants to say, well, not all backstage segments, but when Roman Reigns is trying to tell Stephanie McMahon that her husband doesn't have any balls, it's embarrassing to watch. And yes, I I see what's on fucking you know the Food Network or whatever. <laughs> So I do not know if they're uh, if, uh, how leading their questions may have been, or if there were any questions about specific superstars. However, I do hope that they will, you know, use the data from this poll to fix Raw at least somewhat. How publicized no. was this poll? Is it is it around everywhere? Everyone knows this happened. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was reported on various. Um, because it's, it's uh, difficult to tell whether, on one hand, you could say, why would they even bother doing a survey unless they were actually going to follow up on it and see what the fans think. But on the other hand, if they know it's going to get publicity, that they're actually seeking fan approval for what goes into the show, then maybe they're just giving the illusion that they're listening to the fans by doing that. Well, well I mean, it's not, even, it's not even that. All it's going to be is, oh, geez, these guys don't like it when we try to when we have Roman Reigns in the ring demonstrating his lack of mic skills, well, how are we going to convince them that they actually do like that? I know. We'll do it seven times a fucking show. Yeah, I feel like if the if the poll doesn't go the way they want it to, Vince is going to be like, well, what do they know? They know what I they like what I tell them. They're like, damn it, I'm Vince McMahon. Damn it. Here we go. Um... Uh, CagesideSeats.com has uh, has the questions here. Uh, things like, how often do you watch? Do you typically watch Raw? Which video streaming services do you subscribe to? Um, I'm not telling you that one. Well then, get to the juicy ones, point. Um, let's see. The questions, not Afterlife's video streaming services. I have no desire to delve into that. Oh, you don't know yet. We'll Hot sheets, show. bathroom action. <laughs> uh, who in your household also watches Raw? Uh, how well do you like each segment of Raw, including in-ring talking segments, backstage interviews, matches, etc., etc.? Um, if you were aware matches were going to appear during a specific hour of Raw before the airing of the show, would you be more likely to tune into Raw during that hour? Yes. Well, that's a stupid fucking question. No shit. Yeah, it's like if I know if I know when Cesaro and Kevin Owens and like Dean Ambrose and whoever are gonna wrestle, I'm gonna tune in to watch that. Well yeah, anything. I mean if 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 we're gonna cut to Stardust fucking a dead shark and we're gonna do that at eight forty five exactly if I want to see that, I'm going to fucking tune in for that. Well, how about if they tell you before the show that Brie Bella versus Tamina is going to come up towards the end of Hour 2? Oof. Well, go then I know when I now. get to go fucking 
check YouTube for that video of Stardust fucking a shark. <laughs> Is it the same shark that Brock Lesnar F5'd, by the way? He did say it's a dead shark, so probably. Yeah, probably. Of course, that okay. shark died a long time ago. I'm assuming that's when Brock Lesnar F5'd him. I, I do not see any questions here about specific superstars or divas, so I do not believe there would be any opportunity after life to uh, express her displeasure at Roman Reigns' backstage segments. So they're all being lumped in together. So do you like in-ring talking segments? If it's someone good, yes. Like if the it's New Roman Day. Reigns, no. Again, that's the problem. That no, it's such a broken fucking thing right off the bat. I do, I do think, like, if they're sending these to, like, mi like, well, probably not millions at this point, but several thousand uh, fans, like, they're not going to be able to read everybody's, like, expressly written out opinions, so I can understand why they did it in a... They could have the creative team do it. They're not doing anything else lately, are they? <laughs> well, but, but even so, you, you could have it... You, you, there's a way to make it more specific, you know. True. <clears throat> Ask you know who who's your favorite uh, wrestler to watch in a, in a match, or or, or uh, and then you and then you have a, a pull down bar and, and you select five or six. Uh, who, wh which which superstars do you hate uh, giving uh, promos in the ring, and which ones do you love giving promos in the ring? And and you can list your your top and bottom five or six. With with a pull down bar, you you could actually do it in in a still computerized way if they actually thought for eight seconds about what they were doing. We have had some comments on this from Owen Brown, by the way. This is okay. an audience interactive show. He says, "Fix raw, lol." That's one of his comments. <laughs> That's a terrible yeah. attitude. Yeah, and then his other one is, "How many of those opinions would be expletive laden?" I think he's directing that to Afterlife. Sorry, expletive laden? Yes, not expletive. Ugh. You silly Americans. Sorry, I, I usually uh, let out a couple of expletives when uh, the, uh, the show cuts to advertisements. <laughs> I'm sure you do. So, you know, um, so we can watch all those products being advertised. No, I think you're being silly. <laughs> We're being silly. Yes. Uh huh. So does that? Yeah, sorry. I was being. I was being facetious. Right. As the English might say. Um, so I can go into more things from the server if you want, but otherwise I have no further news. Well, if you have no further news, I think that's finished off the crust for the week then. So who's ready for some meat? I like meat. Wait, when did we go back to pie analogies? <laughs> we never really uh, left pies. It was just well, the for a while we were a spaceship and then we're a pie again. Like, well, spaceship are we? pie. I don't know. I seem to remember telling point to set a course for the meat quadrant or something, and you thought it was too confused, so I kind of ditched the spaceship analogy. Okay, so, first things first. The League of Nations is now a thing. They're not just a loose alliance of non-Americans. Although, one of the groups, when they were being introduced at the end of Raw, he didn't actually say, from Mex-America. He just said, the United States champion, Alberto Del Rio. So, they 
ditching Mex America already. Mex America is a nation, don't you know? Yes, but they, he didn't mention it. He gave everyone else a nationality. He even said from, from Bulgaria, the Bulgarian brute. From the Isle of Samoa, the Samoan submission machine. Yeah, but yeah, he, well, he didn't even mention Mex America once. Well, you don't want to oversell it. No, I believe in... But we don't want to sell it at all. In somebody's notes for this show, they put down that it was basically the Job Squad International. And <laughs> I think that's quite apt. Uh, well, it depends on what they do with it. Well, okay, what they're doing with it right now is having Seamus get his ass kicked immediately. And, like, look, who, look who's on it. Del Rio only gets to beat not important guys. And Cena. Uh, well, he's only, he's only holding his... He's only holding that title until Cena gets back. You know that. Uh, Seamus... Like I said, just came in and got immediately humiliated by Roman. Yeah, I think he does it. They are they they're all just placeholders, aren't they? Yeah. Unstable. The concept. King Barrett, yeah. King Barrett is the easiest man in the world to beat. Like I'm pretty sure like he could literally fight nobody in the ring and still lose. <laughs> They lose a lot. You've got two guys in there who are just keeping belts warm, clearly, for other people. And the whole stable, it feels thrown together, obviously, because it was. Because they were caught off guard with Rollins' injury and they had to throw something together. Instead of just replacing Rollins with someone as the new authority goon, they've created a group of goons. But the yeah. sum of those parts is only equal to one Rollins, it seems. I love... Okay, what I think happened... We're like, oh, fuck, what do we do for our storylines? And somebody went into, like, the story mode of, what was it, WWE 12, where they had the European, uh, the European Union angle. <laughs> and they're like, fuck it, let's just, let's just do this in real life now. You know what, though? Oddly enough, when, when uh, I saw this team come together, and then there was... The actually pretty natural four-man opposition of Roman and his cousins and his best friend. It kind of felt to me like the most natural, stable feud creation in, like, since as far back as I can remember. Like, like from the old days, it felt like actual WWF stable creation. And I don't know if that's bad. Well, I mean, well, first of all, I'm not used to things having any kind of organic build-up in WWE the last several years. Bit out of place in there, though. Huh? Do you think Del Rio is out of place? Because he's the only non-European. It could be, but the enemy side is just that classic evil wrestler. We're together because we're all douchebags with a Batman villain theme of being international. Also, and I really the, hope I know. really hope at some point Del Rio and Seamus have a moment together as like, hey, remember that time you stole my car and like shit in it? What the <laughs> hell was that all about? Yeah, sorry about that, Bertie. Bertie. 
disparity. Here's a, here's a question though. Why isn't Zeb managing this whole group and just drop Mex America and just have him lead the League of Nations? Hmm. What I hope thing? turns out, like, I hope they have like a higher power angle with this, and it turns out to be Cesaro because Cesaro is the boss of the world. Which was a gimmick yeah, that I'm sure nobody remembers. I have no but idea. That would be fucking incredible. Was it as memorable as his coffee drinking gimmick? No, but it could have been. His coffee now, drinking gimmick was incredible. Now, with this formation of this this four man stable, the League of Nations, what it made me think of is uh, it made me think of that moment, uh, like right before a big evolution match where Lillian Garcia would, would be like on a combined weight of 1,072 pounds or however much they were. It's like, like j just that line, combined weight of 1,000 plus pounds. Like you just know it's a big match coming. Yeah. Although I, mean, I really hope if they do that with them, they do it in kilos. <laughs> we don't use kilograms in next America. <laughs> Your point, are you part of Mex America? No, no, not at all. Are you sure? I think I think Point's part of Mex America by default. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, I mean, you do live in California. Yeah. yeah. That's practically Southern California. I don't live in Southern California. Sure, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> You if it's not right up against the Oregon border, it's it could technically be considered Southern California. You you live so anywhere between Southern California and southwestern Texas. That's where you live, Boyd. No. <laughs> I don't. Before the show, Afterlife was telling me that he did actually see someone closely resembling Point a few years ago sneaking across the border. <laughs> Right. Anyway! Anyway. <laughs> Shall we move on, then? Yes, please. Apparently. Okay. So, the authority. As we know, they're quite inept at holding people down that they don't like. At least on screen. But when it comes to Roman Reigns, they're even more inept than usual. How, yeah. how have they got so much worse at stacking the odds against people recently? It's ridiculous. It's like... Well, like, okay, Roman, you don't get your rematch until we say you do. By the way, you get your rematch at the pay-per-view. <laughs> well, actually, right now. Yeah. Oh, you get your but you have to wait in five minutes. Like, like it really, it really should have been. You don't get your rematch until we say you you can have it. Well, can I have it? Yes, you can. <laughs> that should have been just the end of the segment. Yeah. Although. In terms of, like, okay, the authorities are very inept at holding Roman Reigns down, and Roman Reigns is really bad at being the, like, anti-authority rebel, too. Because, oh, okay, Roman comes out and steals the title, and more on that in a second. Um, <laughs> and then the authority runs into a backstage and is like, give him his belt back, and Roman just goes, okay. <laughs> like, could you but imagine, not, not like... Triple H. Could you could you imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, ran down to the ring in the beer truck, or you know drove down to the ring in the beer truck, 
and Vince is just like, like, nope, nope, get back in there, take it back to where it belongs. And Stone Cold is like, all right, fine. Okay, but I'm giving the keys to Linda, not you, Vince. And that's his show of defiance. Right? Yeah, what the fuck was that? Was that supposed to be you're, you're less of a man than, than your mannish wife or something? Be a star. Yeah. Also, um, on the same subject, what the fuck is up with Roman stealing the belt? And not only okay, well, this is like this is the third time this year that they have done the good guy steals the title uh, storyline. Because you like, had R Truth Reigns and what was the other one? Uh, R Truth, like stealing the Intercontinental title. And then oh. everyone just started stealing that one. Yeah, but okay, you could you could you could justify R Truth doing it because R Truth's a crazy homeless person. <laughs> um, Ambrose. He's a crazy person, and he was full-on actually cheated out of the title. So you could, he had a legitimate claim of saying, I am the rightful champion. Roman's, Roman Reigns did not get cheated out of the title. Yeah, Sheamus like... cashed in money in the bank, which is a cheap way of winning, but it's legitimate. It's not like Triple H kicked him in the nuts before they had the match. No. Yeah. So Although, he's just being a prick because he doesn't like the way the rules work. Yeah. Well, he's he is a, a good guy. Now, speaking of the treatment of Roman Reigns, was anyone else confused by the actual stipulations of his match? Because the way it went, he, the authority told Roman Reigns that Sheamus wanted to put his title on the line tonight. And then later on they kind of muddled that bit and they said well, if you don't win, then you lose your shot at TLC. So I thought, wait, is this for the title, or is this to keep his title shot? And then they started throwing in all the other convoluted nonsense in there. All the other people couldn't get their matches if he didn't win in five minutes. And was it whether he wins in five minutes, or whether he actually wins the title in five minutes? And then it was all just a, a bit of a mess at the end. Yeah, because the title was, was that... on the line after all, and he won by DQ, and it seems like everyone's getting what they wanted now. So, yeah, like, so, 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 so this is the way it was all laid out. So, title match on Monday Night Raw. If Roman Reigns wins the match, then he, along with his, along with Ambrose and the Usos, get to keep their title matches at TLC. Well, because yeah. the, the reason that confused me, because that's what I thought was just win the match, but then there was that point where the ref had was up to a six count because they were both outside the ring and Roman was like struggling to get deadweight Sheamus into the ring and I was like, don't. Just don't yeah. do that. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Get in the fucking ring by yourself, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, well, okay, he won the match. But he didn't win the title, so that's his opportunity gone. And then Sheamus was like laughing, saying, "Ha ha! Now you have to wait till TLC." Was, what? I thought he brought forward the title shot, and that was it. And well, see, that's what I got confused because I so, was like, "Oh wait a second! He has to win the title then." Clearly, I just didn't get that. But then they were like, "No, maybe not." So the way I interpreted it was that uh, this was Sheamus's ploy 
<clears throat> in order to gauge how um, how difficult it would be to face Roman Reigns one on one in the ring, so that you, you know, like if Sheamus wants to bail, he can just you know call in some interference and then uh, and then have two weeks to prepare for for the you know the real match. You know what I find really funny about that though is you just had to tell us your interpretation of match rules. <laughs> Like, no, 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 not, not match no rules. Sheamus' strategy going into the match. Well, that yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we have no fucking clue what's going on at the point where we're all like looking at the Quran, going, "Hmm, how would you interpret this particular article?" Like, we just, well, well I don't know. Uh, let's let's have fucking sessions. I mean, we used to shit on TNA about this kind of shit, where it's like it did really feel like a TNA episode of Raw, didn't it? <laughs> it was just, but like, it was well, good. <laughs> Uh, well, let's not go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the worst. Yeah, but TNA have been railed on a lot in the past for doing that. Well, they'll have stipulations and they just assume everyone knows exactly how something works off one really brief announcement without actually explaining it stage by stage. And then halfway through the match, you think, wait a minute. Oh, it's an elimination match. I get it. I get it. TNA expects to, you know, never get any new viewers. They assume that, you know, explain, explaining the, the match rules, you know, three and a half years ago means that everyone watching already knows how the match works. And I think WWE expects to only get new viewers with the way they book. Yeah, but no it's like new viewers new after every single segment. <laughs> Here's what you missed if you're just tuning in. Now, speaking of every single segment, the New Day were in almost every single segment on Raw, weren't they? They were, at the very least, in every hour of Monday Night Raw. And they opened the show. They closed the show. It's a great time to be the new day. You know... Sometimes... Like... Yeah, okay, then? Okay, so you know, like, you go a couple of days without jacking off, and then you do, and you're like, no, that was great. I'm going to do that more often. In fact, I'm going to do it right now since I'm thinking about it. Please so don't. jack off again, you're like, well, that, that, was, that was twice. That was okay, good, fine. <laughs> and then, and then you, get, you kind of get into a rut. And, and, but so, so you're like, well, I'm, now I might as well do it one more time because I enjoy myself and I don't have to be at work for another 45 minutes. So you go again. But now you're like, you know... I, something is wrong because it's it's fun. It's good for me. I know I enjoy it, but suddenly it's losing something. You, you, you see what I'm saying? That's basically the new day are currently the sad masturbation of the WWE. <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> the quality. Uh, Input that you tune into TLP for every week. <laughs> the New Day are the sad masturbation. I think we're going to have a separate video on that. <laughs> yeah, allow you to uh, to unpack that a little. Just drink it in. No, no I'm not drinking you. in your <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> so, uh. so, anyways, um. 
on one hand, I think it's great to get the New Day uh, in so much of Monday Night Raw because they are, you know, pretty much the highlight of the show. But on the other hand, I do kind of worry that they're going to get, you know, kind of overused a bit, maybe diluted a bit with all um, with all of his appearances. I really, yeah, I don't thing. think they should be hanging out with the League of Nations because, I mean, why would they? So actually, uh, if I can, um, uh, so, so I think it's fine for them to, you know, just like, uh, like interject and like, you know, join the the League of Nations uh, in like one-off occurrences, like, like you know, like they did for Raw, but you know, not actually be part of the league. But I also like that, you know, the New Day and the League. We have these two, these two heel groups, that are separate from the Authority, but still do things with the Authority, and it seems like a like like just like the perfect. Set up for you know one of these groups to you know eventually you know have conflict with and turn face uh, by by you know knocking along with the authority. Yeah. Also, why are we setting up these rival stables after Survivor Series? Yeah, there is that. <laughs> because Survivor Series isn't about teens anymore, sadly. Uh, I know. <sighs> so so regardless. I think possibly the highlight of the night was Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods fusing and becoming a Sheamus. I disagree entirely. Do you? Yes. Oh, your favorite part of the show was when Ric Flair came out. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that, why don't we? Hey, we'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. And speaking of that, we'll get to that now, actually. So, <laughs> oh, well, all right. I no, guess, yeah, eventually is right now. Does anyone suspect that he was only on the show this week as a kind of as a kind of dead son olive branch, if you will? Wow, you certainly have a way with words. <laughs> Did anyone else feel that way when they saw him on the show when he first appeared? Thought well, he was not too pleased with the way they spoke about his deceased child a few weeks ago. And he's been quite vocal about that, and now suddenly he's on the show. Is that the, just the way to appease Rip Flair here? Come be on our show this week, and we'll maybe give you some money and some alcohol, smooth things over a bit. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know what my first reaction was? Woo! Close. Whoa. My first reaction was actually more in the line of, why the fuck is he still on fucking television? We know who her dad is. It doesn't fucking play into what's going on, and nobody fucking cares. The only way it could have played into what was going on is if they actually referenced what Paige had said a couple of weeks ago, which yeah, they didn't. which they won't do because they're scared of generating, like, actual heat. <sighs> so, so apparently, so, so you know how, you know, on Raw this week... You know, Becky and Charlotte had this match because, you know, Becky just, you know, wanted to, you know, have a good match with her best friend. <coughs> right? Right. Whatever, well, by the way. Apparently, during the Raw pre-show, Paige, like, goaded Becky into this match. See, that's something that should have happened on the actual show because I didn't know yes. what the hell was going on there. Yes, it should have. Because it's actually, you know, storyline relevant. Now, speaking of storylines in the Divas division, though, it seems like it was quite a few months ago now that we were complaining about the state of the face-heel alignment situation at the Divas division, mainly the Bellas. You couldn't tell whether they were supposed to be the faces or the heels at any given time. And since we've had a so-called Divas revolution, surely that should have made everything run a lot more smoothly. 
but apparently not, because who is supposed to be a face right now and who is a heel? I the only face Cage is a heel, but anyone else, I have no idea. The the only face even... that I can tell right now is fucking uh, Becky, because she just got yeah. fucked by the only friend she's got. Right, yeah, what the hell? Like, it wasn't even a title match. Charlotte's just cheating for the sake of cheating. I, I and don't like, know... Like, I, I honestly, like, I wouldn't really call Paige a... He okay, yeah, her, you know, making fun of Reed Flair was really over the line, but everything else she said has been dead on, so... <laughs> he, <laughs> wow, I didn't mean uh. that. Um... <laughs> But I, I fucking hate WWE's mentality of being correct and observant makes you bad. No, I know. I know. Well, there's a line here. I know Afterlife's going to love, love this. Would you say that Charlotte is actually the daughterest player in the game? Shut up. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Oh, I can... Feel like the just like like you I like my cringe is cringing. Your fist. <sighs> well, Wenman still hasn't found a way to extend his arm and his fist through the internet, so I think we're all right with jokes like that for now. Just for now. Our next gathering. Yes. So <sighs> it's been a while since we had a best of infinity series. So Breeze versus Ziggler seems Which like a good candidate as any. possible, by the way. It seems like that should always be going on, <laughs> oddly enough. Yeah, and it's always Dolph Ziggler, isn't it? Well, they don't have any plans for him, but he can have good matches. They say, okay, just keep having matches, and then, well, people won't be interested if one person wins all the time. Let's just have them trade back and forth for, like, eight weeks in a row. Yeah, to make sure that none of the matches matter, so that'll that'll make us care even more, right? Nobody needs to actually get over in this feud. These guys don't really matter. It's only the main event that needs to be over. That's what sells the tickets. <laughs> I think that was an actual conversation that he overheard. <laughs> He's just like, yep, that's what the WWE said, so... Yeah. So, did anyone else cringe the instant that their rematch was announced because you knew that Ziggler was going to win and then they're going to start trading wins? Wait, 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 wait. On Raw they announced another rematch? No, but you know it's coming. Uh, yeah. They're going to wrestle each other like 12 times this month. All to set, to set up for their match at TLC, which oh, will God. set up... By the way... Is it, you know, we talk about things that are cringeworthy and just boring. and Well, we're a wrestling podcast, of course we do. And just nauseating. And just watching people at, at the build-up to TLC and Del Rio hits a guy with a chair, even though that's totally out of his character. He just did it to have a chairs match. Or oh, Wade Barrett gets into the ring with a chair and someone hits him with it. Yeah, it, it's so just... Talk about shoving shit in your face unorganically. Yeah, well, I mean, like, every every year, right before the Royal Rumble, everyone decides, now is gang fight season. 
Also, also nowadays, again before WrestleMania, because of the Honor the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, yeah. That nobody I'm, watches, yeah. by the way. Yeah, well, it wasn't even on the show when we went there. It was on the pre-show. And yeah, it got th- booed out of the building because the big show won. There was well, that. they told us the whole time big show was going to win. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yep. So, anyway, speaking of unfortunate, Tommy Dreamer. He's back. He's still old. He still carries a trash can full of weapons with him wherever he goes. But I think everyone was really disappointed that he wasn't Spike Dudley. There was that. Yeah, when Bubba, when Bubba says, we've got family too, there are other Dudleys out there. People aren't yeah. just going to assume you mean Tommy Dreamer. As far as I'm aware... Only one of the Dudleys is dead. Which yeah, it's only yes, Spike and five more. Yeah, there's Spike, there's Dances with Dudleys, there's Sign Guy Dudley. Um, Dudley, Dudley. Dudley, Dudley, yeah. Yeah, the only one who's dead is uh, Big Dick Dudley. Yeah, even the Duchess of Dudleyville would have been closer to a member of the family than Tommy Dreamer, surely. Yeah, or like um, Mighty Molly, because she had that whole thing where she had a crush on Spike. Yeah, they were dating for a while. Did yeah, she they, marry they tore up Stone Cold's petition that one time. Yep. It just drove me... Look, like I said earlier, before before the show even started, Tommy Dreamer is a perfect choice to team up with the Dudley Boys. He's one of the, the guys who you would expect, under any circumstances, to team up with the Dudley Boys. But don't fucking call him family... Do not say we have a another family member too, and then don't and then not bring out Spike or some other fucking Dudley that we haven't seen in ten years. Yeah. Also, I mean, scream. I I had this problem when they did it in TNA, so I have to say it now. You know, I am I am done with ECW. I fucking loved ECW when it happened. It was amazing. But ECW was around for, what, seven years? ECW has been dead for 14 years. It's been gone longer than it's been around. But every every so often, the Dudleys come out and like, Hey, do you guys remember ECW? Because we remember ECW. It was great. Here's another guy from ECW. Do you know is, though, who we were? <laughs> that's not... I, I don't think in, in a case like this that, it, that that's entirely fair. Now, when it's when it's a giant ECW reunion thing that they're doing, that I get. But, but the guys that someone like the Dudleys are going to know best and be tightest with are the guys who they came up with through that company. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, and like you say, said, like you said, it does make perfect trusted warrior friends. It's going to be one of those guys. Yeah, you know, that I'm fine with. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it does make perfect. Well, the only reason I wouldn't go with Tommy Dreamer uh, would be okay. They're fighting Bray Wyatt, a crazed, you know, charismatic cult leader. So who do they pick? The guy who spent the entirety of the '90s getting his ass kicked by a crazed, charismatic cult leader. Like, you'd think, like, Raven would just kind of show up and, like, look at Bray Wyatt and say, told you. <laughs> well, he's got experience. Tommy Dreamer has a apparently a history, a history with concussions. 
And I don't think WWE is clearing people who might have concussion issues right now. Yeah. And you'd think they've got Rhino under contract down on NXT if they need a bit more backup. That's them. another thing, though. Rhino would also be perfect for them. And I and I know it, it's that ECW reunion thing, but it, I think in cases like this, it's mostly just these are the guys that we know better than anyone and that we know we can work with better than anyone. I will say this is the right time of year for it if they're going to have like a big, crazy, hardcore match. Yeah. By the way, Owen Brown says that basically he considers ECW family, I think. So... But they're not as family as an actual family member. Yeah, and, and again, I get that. I I get the whole, you know, we're we're like brothers and shit. But you've got an actual brother that everyone wants you to get back in the ring. Every people like, honestly, when, when they first when when Bubba started talking about, but we got a family member, and I'm thinking, wait a second, are you telling me that we had two on three matches? without Spike evening the numbers, but now that it's four on two, you're going to bring Spike in to even it up to four on three? And then it was another guy entirely, and it was still only one fucking guy. And it's like, Dudley's, do you know math and how it can help you? Because it really can. How if nothing? I mean, if nothing else, bring in, like, fuck, Zack Ryder. He's, the, you know, the new heart and soul of ECW. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm not he's sure not I'm on board with that. On the main roster. That would mean that Mojo would be without a tag team partner, though, and I don't think we. It's, but it's on the main it. roster. You don't need to call up Mojo Raleigh to have Zack Ryder be on TV for three weeks. Do you, I mean, it could risk a Mojo singles run, and I think we've had quite enough of those. NXT is taped, like, weeks apart. You can just have Zack Ryder appear on Raw, like, between tapings. Too much of a risk. But does Vince know that? <laughs> By that, do you mean that, that you can do that, or that Zack Ryder is still employed? Yes. Speaking of people that are still employed, shall we talk about the Rosebush? Must we? <sighs> yes. Because Look, apparently I... the dirt is always in bloom. What does that I'm, fucking uh, mean? <laughs> what does it fucking mean? It means that there's always something scandalous going on that Adam Rose can tell us about. But was there any actual scandal? Just him making stupid, like, gender norm jokes. His, his scandal is, hey, look, someone else broke news weeks ago. That's not scandal. And implying that Dolph Ziggler goes to bed with everybody on the roster. He does! Yeah, it's like everybody knows that. <laughs> but he did actually have that very convincing image of him in bed with Rusev that I've never seen before. <laughs> that was a pretty good photo, I'll give you that. Now, I'm not sure if it was doctored, I'm no expert. That's uh, also true. At, at, at least, <laughs> if they're going to have a segment for their stupid Photoshop funnies, at least it's not John Cena introducing the Wyatt family again. But, but, okay, okay, look, Adam Rose, <laughs> oh god, I, I hate it so much, Adam Rose was super happy-go-lucky, everything's a party, you don't take anything seriously, I'm gonna wrestle a match because I like wrestling, and also we're gonna go party some more. He was such a happy, fun guy, and then he hit kind of a wrestling rut and got into a, into a bad mood, and got 
turned into a bad guy because he was upset for a while. Then he just vanishes, and now he just is an all-consumed prick. I think they're, just... hoping, they're hoping it'll be the next Bad News Barrett, but I don't think it's going to catch on the way that did, even though no. we didn't like that either, particularly. Bad News... Look, Bad News Barrett does not function when you have the delivery of Dr. Evil. If Adam Rose, like, rises up on a, on a, on a podium from the stage, he might do a little better. Yeah. I, you know, I'm glad they're trying to find stuff for this guy to do, because I like him as a wrestler. I think he's worth keeping around, but this is not what they need to be doing with him. Yeah, like, I, I just, I'm just astounded that they thought this was a better idea than repackaging Leo Kruger. I can't believe anyone watched the Rosebush and could not tell that every word of it was written by someone else and then Adam Rose read it. Yeah, like, this is this has been a problem with, like, wrestling comedy forever. When somebody else writes your script, it's never going to be funny because these people aren't comedians. Like, they don't know how timing works. They don't know how delivery works. They know how wrestling works because they're wrestlers. And he's he was so good at being Adam Rose. Why... Well, it was kind of his job. Well, that's the thing. That's what got him to the main roster so fast. Why would you... Why did they take it away in the first place? And then why did they not just give it the fuck back? Because there have been plenty of guys... Plenty of times where they've gone, hey, let's change you. Wait, no, let's pretend we never did that for two months. Be nice again or whatever. You mean like Lana being a face? Uh, is she a face, though? No, not now, anymore. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Well, should uh, we just get to that now, then? Rusev and Lana back together on our TV screens again. On Miz TV screens? Well, we'll talk about the, the quality of Miz TV in a minute, but let's just focus on Rusev and Lana to begin with. There's so, quality? They're back. <laughs> they seem to have... They even acknowledged that they'd just forgotten everything that happened over the last couple of months and that they were going back to exactly how things were. I mean, after all, they did not go all the way. Yes, that makes it okay. Yeah, well, I would say... But what is even <coughs> the fucking stupidest part! Look, if you, if you say... First, she says, "Well, we tried the other, tried things with other people, and it did, it wasn't the same as when we were together." Okay, except apparently you didn't try very much because you didn't fuck any of those people you were dating for months. So, how do you fucking know if you didn't actually test the limits of your feelings? You fucking idiots! Just say, "Hey, we tried fucking other people, and it wasn't as fun as fucking each other." So we're back together now. Just be fucking complete with your fucking thoughts. I, I, this felt like such a... Like, you could feel Vince McMahon's hand, like, all over this one. Ew. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm keeping it. Fuck it. Because... Uh, he, he's like, well, we don't, want, we don't want him to think that these people are, like having premarital sex. We don't want that, you know, people to assume that, so... So they're having... Say they didn't? I guess. 
It's it's this weird. They're like lascivious but chaste at the same time, and it's it's I don't very. Even know what that means. I don't. It's very '80s high school movies. Like we didn't go all the way. But that's my point. It doesn't make any fucking. Yeah, like, would it have again. been? Like, would it have made this any worse if Lana and Ziggler had fucked? Like, would this have made? Would it have made? Would it have ruined everything? Would it have ruined? Like, uh, would it have ruined Rusev's life? Well, apparently they did because the audience knew. And, and here's and again, again, if. If if the, if Lana was like, yeah, I had sex with Dolph, and it wasn't as good, then that would be such a big fucking slam on Dolph Ziggler as a man, because that's what Vince likes to do is insult that, that weird thing that he calls manhood that he can't, that doesn't have a definition, and the same thing with. With uh, Rusev, and he could say, I too had the sex with the summer, but it was also not as good. I thought this... you were about to say he too had the sex with Dolph. <laughs> well, maybe he did it. We saw that picture from the Rosebush. We did. So maybe. Also, I love that your I love that your Rusev is Squizgar. <laughs> <laughs> I had the sex with Dolph the Zigglers. <laughs> And uh, it was okay, but uh, not as good as I'd expected. Oh well, we that's a that's kind of a disappointment. <laughs> You're hey guys, me. are we talking about having sex with Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. It's it's a show. It's a TV it's show. A, it's okay, boy. Don't, don't worry about it. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Just uh, just 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 move on to the next topic, there, you <laughs> douchebags. <laughs> Well, the next topic is actually Ms. TV. Oh, is there God. anything more painful than Ms. TV? You know, WWE has always had this, like, weird hard-on for, like, wrestler-hosted segments. Ever since Piper's Pit, they want to have, like, Jericho with the highlight reel. Christian had the peep show. Um... What else? Edge had one? I forget what it was called. Cutting Edge. Comedy yeah, the Cutting Edge. Banner. Yeah. And it's never good. Like, they're never good. Like, okay, like, the only thing I... Like, the only good one was, like, the highlight reel where Jericho turned on Shawn Michaels and smashed his face through the TV. The Jeritron 5000. Yeah. I did That was the only good one. That was a great segment. But, I mean... Has have you ever seen an episode of Ms. TV that didn't make you want to vomit? Well, I generally do not have feelings of vomit come forth from wrestling. There was that month-long period where there was a flu going around, and like Booker T threw up on SmackDown, and then Big Show puked on Raw, and and so that was pretty nasty. But but other than that. There's not a whole lot of wrestling that makes me actually want to throw up. Yeah, since However, the stink I... face disappeared, there hasn't been too much pukery going on. Yeah, yeah. But I do take your point. It's fucking difficult as hell to watch. Did anyone notice that Rusev got away with one during that segment? With vomiting? No, he called The Miz Michael, which just happens to be his name, 
but I think he was just so used to being interviewed by like, Michael Cole in those kind of situations. And he just called you know him Michael out of habit and then just got really lucky, like, oh, oh yeah, it is actually his name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, what, what I found interesting about that actually was it sounded like, for some reason, uh, that Rusev was having difficulty maintaining the accent. I kept hearing him just slip into a natural, not Bulgarian accent. Hmm. Was anyone else noticing that, or am I just... Yeah, I don't I don't know what a Bulgarian accent actually sounds like, so for all I know, it's like an American neutral accent, and he puts on, like, the Russian bear accent just to sound foreign. As far as I can tell, there's not that much difference between a Bulgarian or a Ukrainian yeah, you, or a Russian accent. Well, Jabba, I mean, you ear. live in Europe, so by default, that means you watch Eurovision. Uh, what do the Bulgarians on that sound like? It does not mean that at all, Mr. Point. You're making far too many assumptions. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, what do they sound like on Eurovision? <laughs> <laughs> to those of us who don't know any better, they all sound the same. But to each other, it, it's kind of like how British people laugh at... Uh, Oh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Laurie's American accent. Even though Americans, for the most part, don't notice how bad it is. It is pretty terrible. Like, I loved... Um, I forget who said it, but uh, it was like, Hugh Laurie's American accent is clearly Britain's revenge for Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. <laughs> I think it's going to take a few more accent mishaps to make up for that one. Well then. Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. <laughs> Mary so, who? Shall we move on? Because this does link in with Miss TV still. Ryback. Not only does Why? he know that, Yeah, not only does he know that the Zigman went all the way, but also apparently he has something against people being in relationships or getting married or something. Yeah, well, what first the of all, first of all, the whole the whole segment about these two actually being in love and happy with it and being, you know, not wor not holding past transgressions against each other and embracing their unity got booed. Like, we're supposed to hate their undying love to begin with. Yeah, and well, Ryback comes out and is like, just so you know, she did fuck him, I know this to be fact, and I hate your love. Like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah, what? Why? Why is having a girlfriend, having friends in general, being right about things, knowing the past, having basic pattern recognition, why are all these negative qualities in WWE? Also, now, just as an being aside, a good person the sign of villainy? As an aside, I hate your love sounds like a, dis a disapproving TV dad. Mm. I, and I mean, like, if... if, if if Ryback had just come out and been like, hey, you know what? This is great that you're in love and everything, but this isn't fucking, you know, the love boat. This is fucking raw, so let's fucking fight. If he just said, this isn't the time for this garbage, the time yeah, now instead he, for instead he's like, Instead, he's just like, your girlfriend's a slut and you have cooties now. <laughs> Uh, 
Okay, so Goldust is back and he's jobbing a lot. How do we feel about this? Okay, so Goldust comes back and he makes a beeline for Stardust. So we think, okay, we're starting this up again. Nah, I'm going to hang around and lose to Del Rio for unrelated matches for no reason. Although it was a good match. Yeah, it was a perfectly fine match. I mean, you know, Del Rio, for all of his shortcomings and his terrible finisher, is a fine worker, and Goldust is fucking Goldust. Has the well, worst you know finisher. What, you know what confused me as well with the main event was uh, it's post-match, and uh, Del Rio puts the, the armbar on him for no reason, and then... Uh, whoever comes down to save him, uh, and Jack Swagger. I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm like, okay, so then Gold Dust is gonna return the favor? No. Okay. Why not? Anybody? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, just Gold Dust evaporated after his after he went backstage. It just doesn't exist now. Okay. Well, he is dust after all. That's true. So, let's move on to our incredible lines of commentary, crowd chants, and such for the week. Have you got any, Mr. Poit? Yes. So, uh, on Raw, during the main event, when uh, when the faces were like cycling, tagging in and out, and stomping their opponent in the corner, JBL said, you can't pick on Kofi Kingston like that. However... They were stomping Xavier Woods. <laughs> well, what do you want, Maggle? They all look the same, damn it. God damn it, Jibbles. Uh, uh, after, uh, after Kofi went on Twitter to demand an apology, uh, JBL said that he was appalled at a unicorn being trampled and the tragedy caused vision impairment. Okay, that's an amusing cover. Hashtag unicorn magic. Of course. Okay, I've got one. Now, you'll remember a year or two ago when Kane used the line hard fart victory. <laughs> yes. He just threw in an extra R into the sentence that wasn't supposed to be How could you ever let us forget that? Well, JBL came up with his own this week. He said, Seamus 515, a new era has dawned. <laughs> Which, and I've, I'm just going to show you exactly what that would look like. Uh huh. There we go. A new era there it has is. dawned. Yeah. WWE. Yep. A new day has I dawned. I see. I see Michael Dorn and. Yeah, you see a lot of him. Oh. Okay. Yeah, there are three Michael Dorns. Yes. Okay. Yep. You know, he wasn't an actual Klingon, right? <laughs> I know! <laughs> now, um, how do you feel only... if, that, if that was an actual segment on Raw? How would you feel? What, that would be tremendous. Three different, like, ages of Michael Dorn? Yes. Yeah, if they can make that happen... I think the one, on, the one on Big E's body actually looks quite appropriate, doesn't it? It looks like he is about to start dancing. Yeah, yeah a little bit. The other two, maybe not so much. No. Have you got any other lines, Mr. Point? 
Um, let's see. Uh, I do have. Uh, there was the crowd chant of Little Nate when Charles Robinson came out to uh, to um, observe the main event of NXT. <laughs> yes, observe <laughs> is one way of putting it. Uh, it um, a few years ago, uh, one, um, a guy we had as a guest on the show a couple times, TV One. He and I went to a uh, a Monday Night Raw in Sacramento, and we chanted Little Nate. For uh, for Charles Robinson during like a Superstars taping, and he was like, "You still remember that?" <laughs> and well, NXT is, is an arena full of people who still remember that. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so shall we move on to our NXT related talking points? Because sure, the most prominent one, Eva Marie. Is anyone uh, is anyone ready for the era of Eva Marie? I don't know if I am. I well, I really have a problem with this whole like. Well, I mean, it's a talking point, so it's you know obviously I'm not the only one who has a problem with it, but <laughs> the whole notion of like. The, the the crowd boo me because I'm terrible. Therefore, I'm doing a good job. They like, turned it around with Bo Dallas, but I don't think Eva Marie is as talented as he is. <laughs> to put it mildly. Yeah. So she's not as good at being terrible as Bo Dallas. Yes. Yes. Both initially booed because they were legitimately not very good at what they were doing. Bo Dallas actually turned it around and became entertaining on NXT, and then something else happened with him later that we don't talk about. Something to do with being <laughs> called up. But Eva Marie, she's far worse than he was back then. Far yeah. less popular with the crowd. Yeah. It's this, it's this concept of pushing someone because they are actually really bad at their job. Therefore, well, yeah, well, fans I mean, will hate like them. You, like whenever uh, Big Show comes out now and the crowd just chants, please retire... And he's like, well, I mean, I'm getting a reaction, so I must be doing my job right. And like, that's not the point. Doing your job badly and having thousands and thousands of people tell you loudly and angrily that you are doing your job badly does not mean that you are doing your job well. They're, not, the saying, they're not saying, boo, your actions are villainous. They're saying, boo, we want you off of our show. And and the thing about guys like, like like when that happens to Big Show is, you know, there are things you can do with with a storyline that will generate a crowd chant that the crowd enjoys doing, right? Like even even just as a minor a minor example is uh, when the crowd starts chanting Cody during Stardust match, okay. That, that is something that the crowd does to participate in the storyline. When they're telling you to retire and that has never been part of a storyline, that's just a thing that the crowd actually wants of you. They thought of that on their own. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the same thing as participation. You know, that's a genuine reflex of seeing you and going, Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah, and tying us back into what we're talking about, Eva Marie just is not good at what they hired her to do. 
at all any of the things that they could have hired what her to do. What did they hire her to do? Yeah, that's a genuinely good question, though. I think they hired her to look like Abella, and she messed that up within, like, a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because let's not forget, uh, there was a long period of time. There were several years where the diva hiring process was, hey, let's hire models and train them to wrestle. So it's very possible that she was hired for her looks, and they just haven't been able to bring her up to speed for the actual job of wrestling on a wrestling show. Yeah. Which, again, in and of itself would be fine if she was just paid to be somebody's arm candy valet. Right, but they want her to be competing with top-tier people like Bailey, And, and I you know, don't know why. You know, I, I fucking love Bailey. Like, she is one of my favorite wrestlers, period, in the world right now. But even she can't spin that straw into gold. <laughs> she certainly cannot. So, Mr. Point, have you got anything positive to say about this? You're normally a positivity fountain. Positive things to say about Eva Marie. Her hair looks nice. (laughs) (laughs) If you're, like, really into the Little Mermaid. She did the sliced red decently. It seems like that's all she was taught, though. She She didn't nearly accidentally kill someone with it this time. It's a step up. Eva Marie seems to be a content delivery system for Nia Jax. Or a content delivery system for Total Divas. So shall we move on to Nia Jax then? Sure. Because, yeah, well, NXT seems... Before we move on to Nia Jax, what do you guys think of... Of like, like the idea of like WWE corporate being strongly behind Eva Marie, or just strongly being behind someone in general in NXT. That's not like a thing that, that happens in NXT. There isn't an authority. It's a way to get someone over as a heel, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some, it'd be I feel, better if it was yeah. someone who had any level of talent. I mean, someone someone beyond Michael Cole and Little Nate. As far as a, an authority figure for NXT. I don't know, I think think kind of the anonymous management likes this guy, let's push them thing could be good for NXT because they don't like the the kind of main roster attitude that occasionally filters down. So I think that could be a good thing. Okay. Potentially, but I mean, not with somebody who is being thoroughly and emphatically rejected by the fan base as Eva Marie is. If you were going to use it for somebody who we dislike strongly but maybe is showing signs of improvement, like a Baron Corbin, like WWE management is firmly behind him and we're going to keep giving him title shots, then maybe that could work. Someone who's yeah. someone who's getting better as time goes on. Eva Marie hasn't really got better at anything other than that one move. I think she might actually have the art of kicking out down right now, though. So maybe that's two things. She's not forgetting to kick out. That's a that's a thing she's improved on. If you're going to be arrested, that's one of the, the key points that you should focus on early in your career, I think. 
Yeah, don't uh, don't lose the match until you're supposed to. Yes. So, what about Nia Jax then? F- fucking what about her? <laughs> you're not fan. Wow. I ju- I don't care for Nia Jax at all. Like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> You know, you like sound, you sound like you might be a huge fan. Actually, is this that you dislike Nia Jax, or you dislike that you think she's coming in to replace or take over Bailey's spots and Bailey's? I be think. I think that's honestly. I think that's why I dislike her. I would be far more lenient, I guess, if it wasn't so blatantly obvious that she is getting the the Anawai family push. Because, I mean, fuck, you know, like, okay, you watch, obviously, Bailey, Sasha Banks, whoever, but, like, someone like Alexa Bliss, who was finally really coming into her own as a wrestler and as a performer, who has found her gimmick, who is finding what works for her, who is putting on some very good matches, and she gets pushed to the side because, oh, another one of The Rock's cousins is here. Like... You know, NXT is supposed to be the place where talent shines. It's supposed to be the meritocracy of wrestling. You get over there because you are good and because you connect with the fans. And yet, here's another Samoan who, you know, is another one of Dwayne's cousins going, guess what? It's my turn to be at the top of the roster. I can kind of work. I have ass-based offense like every other fucking Samoan. (laughs) And I'm an unstoppable monster. Did The Rock ever strike people with his buttocks? I'm sure he did at some point. He did strike very close to his own buttocks while punching people to create the sound of the slap when he hit people in the face. He did on one occasion strike Vince McMahon in the face. No, 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 never mind. That was Rikishi. Anyway, like, NXT has always been the show where people kind of come up the card organically, and people who do get that forced push don't work. Like, I'm actually liking Baron Corbin a lot more now that they've kind of jettisoned the forced monster push that they gave him. Um, and now here's somebody who's like, she's unstoppable and she's going to lay out Bailey because she's large, and you can all see where this is going. Do you have painful flashbacks of Rey Mysterio's world title reign as well? Yeah. squashed by all these giants for like a month as soon as he won the title. I hope to God that's not what they do to Bailey. But, uh... It was to try and build some sympathy and keep the underdog spirit, even though he was champion at the time. But it didn't work out too well. No, it just made him look like a loser. You know, I mean, and there's there's every chance that, you know, Bailey will just beat Nia Jax and move on, but I don't think... Really? Well, okay, I've heard a recent interview where Bailey basically said, like, I don't want to go to the main roster. Because <laughs> that... <laughs> I mean, she, well, she put it, you know, because, like, there are all these great ladies in NXT that I want to work with. I want to have matches with Alexa Bliss and Asuka and whoever else and uh, yeah. Evil Emma and all them. 
but I think a lot of it is like, I don't want to go up there because it's a fucking wasteland. Because everyone knows what happens when you do. She doesn't want yeah. to replace Naomi in Team Bad, who suddenly become Team Bailey and Dangerous. <laughs> Bailey and Dangerous sounds like a great combination. Like it I don't know, like, like doesn't it? <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's like I'll have a Bailey and Dangerous on the rocks. <laughs> and it is just like Bailey's Irish cream and like brake fluid. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta admit, that would be dangerous. It would. Sounds quite dangerous, yes. Now, <laughs> speaking of things that are bad, Owen Brown has a comment on Eva Marie. He says, oh, on, a scale, on a scale of Snooky to the Miller Lite catfight girls, how bad is Eva Marie? Mm. On a scale of Snooky from the Miller Lite catfight girls, she is the girl from the first Diva search who said her butt was hungry. That was a thing. That does really. Yeah, they had a they had a pie eating contest where the Rock had all the ladies eat pie, and one of the girls is like, "My butt is hungry," and like rubs her ass in the pie, which I guess was supposed to be sexy, but it was just embarrassing. Her butt was the Ryback of its time. Uh, I'm embarrassed just knowing that that is the kind of thing that. Is totally possible. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, that's one of those like when I think when I think back for humanity. What? Yeah, like when I look back at that, I'm like, why do I still watch this? So, speaking right. of, well, but. not speaking of things that make you want to watch wrestling because those weren't. This is, however, Joe. Acting very heelish at the moment, he's doing a pretty good job. It's like he was born to be a heel. But the problem with that, that I have at least, is that if he's so good at being a heel, that really means that he's kind of labelling himself up as Cena food. But at least that would mean he gets to the main roster and has a feud with someone who is very well known. Does anyone have his possible? Do you think it is possible that Joe could... Um, uh, could a takeover win the uh, the NXT championship, and then start beating down Finn Balor, and then uh, a returning Sami Zayn makes the save. I really hope that is what happens. Reminiscent to when Samoa Joe's debut was saving Sami Zayn from Kevin Owens. Yeah, that would be that would be like that would like it's the kind of thing I think NXT could do too because they you know are actually smart about booking wrestling. Um, I'm really loving Samoa Joe's heel run right now. Like, it's, it feels natural, and not just because Joe is, like, a natural bad guy, but the whole turn made perfect sense, the way that it all played out. Like, it wasn't just, I'm turning because I'm actually super evil all along, ha ha ha. It was, okay, I tried to be nice, but... Everyone keeps jumping in front of me in line, so if this is what I have to do, I'm going to do it. Like, he's not reveling in the fact that he has to be an asshole and attack Finn Balor, but he's going to do it because that's what he has to do to win. And also, he hasn't suddenly turned into a coward either. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, when he came out and just boldly walked straight to the ring, signed his name, he didn't, like, run away. 
He just walked. Walked into the ring, signed, walked away, and that was it. I thought that was so pretty... Does that technically pretty count cool. as, uh, as getting into an entire contract signing without any violence? Almost. Almost, because he did the whole jump segment up has to be over. There wasn't mm. a break between the end of the actual signing and then the violence, was there? Correct. So I would say it still qualifies as a violent contract signing. Okay. I think maybe there have been two, possibly, in history where people just signed the contracts and then stared at each other as the show went off the air. But not many. And I would assume most of those turned to violence for the live crowd after the show, at least. Yeah. Uh, I, there have been contract signings wherein there was like a, uh, a clause where they couldn't touch each other until the title match. Dolph Ziggler needs one of those. Yep. So that he doesn't go all the way? Yes. Just touching everybody on the roster. Willy-nilly. Right, so what's our next point? Our next point is... <coughs> well, it was going to be that Sami Zayn is coming back, but we kind of talked about that. Yeah, that, uh, that Sami Zayn-shaped hole in my heart has been aching for far too long, so I'm... I'm really happy that he's coming back. Yeah, that sounds bad for your health. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm very concerned. I think I might die. However, well, the Enzo and Cass-shaped hole in your heart didn't stay there for very long, did it? No, thankfully. Because weren't yes. they written out of the show with horrific leg injuries or something, and now they're back within a week? I mean, Cass was out for... for um, I think he was expected to be out for four to six weeks. And it's been about that long, right? Has it really? It's been it's been about yeah I would say at least three weeks. Doesn't seem like that long. Keep keep in mind that because of the way NXT is taped, that um you know it's in like what like three or four episode increments. True. Who knows? So they're back. Thoughts on the state of the tech division based on that? It's still. Yeah, the the teams are all still great. The matches are still really good. Um, but my problem, like my my problem, is it always feels like like every team is a transitional team. Like they're constantly, like every team is just there to set you know to hold the you know hold the belts for the next team. There doesn't feel like there's a um, the same kind of like back and forth like there was during like the heyday where it was like the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, the APA, the New Age Outlaws, etc. where anyone could be tag team champions at any time. The champions always... now, they never seem to be treated as champions. They always seem to be kind of just another team which gives you the impression yeah. that it's going to be transitional but then they go and hold it for five months and you wonder Yeah, how it's happened. weird. Like, like Blake and Murphy were tag team champions for ages, but they always felt like they were just kind of holding the belts until the vaudevillains were ready. And then the vaudevillains were just holding the belts until Dash and Dawson are ready. And then, and, and then them until Enzo and Cass are ready. I don't think Enzo and Cass are going to win. I think, uh, I think Dash and Dawson are going to beat them and hold on to the belts until Gable and Jordan are ready. Mm, there, yes, there could be that. Enzo and Cass, they could be what we feared Bailey was going to be in NXT, 
or what Tyler Breeze ultimately turned out to be. Someone who was yeah. there for a really long time and just never held the title. Yeah, I feel like Enzo and Cass... It's weird. Like Enzo and Cass, much like Tyler Breeze, I don't think are going to find their real groove until they get to the main roster. Like, unlike everybody else, because they are very much built with the main roster in mind. Yeah, they do have very repetitive promos that the audience can latch onto. Yeah, and they've got the sing-songy catchphrases. They've got the big man, little man dynamic. Um, they're very much a raw tag team, which I don't think actually works that well for them in NXT. Compared to, say, the Vord villains, who clearly have no future on the main roster. Yeah, which is a shame. And when they become multi-time champions on Raw, we'll just play that clip of me saying that. <laughs> in his time. Yeah. So, moving on. Evil Emma. It seems like she may have leveled up. She lost. She quite... and Dana Brooke did a hatch a bit of a plot to take out Oscar. They did because Emma hasn't really been a threat to anyone in how long since Basically she became ever Dana Brooke's sidekick. Yeah. yeah, ever since she showed up when, in a that Santino segment, and I could just, I could just feel myself going like, "Oh no!" Like the energy drained out of her. Yeah, but now she's fired up, and she looks pretty beastly. Like even against. You know, even against you know Asuka, who is like I don't think it's a. I don't know. I think uh, I think this is gonna work. I think I think Asuka is still gonna win, but I think Emma is actually you know finding her you know finding her groove again. Which is good, as long as she doesn't walk out the store without paying for it. <laughs> So, someone else who's got their groove back, Jesse Sorensen. Not necessarily the groove of winning, but the groove of being on TV without a broken neck. Well, that's nice. So I think this is this is the second time he's appeared in NXT. Is it? I think, I think it is. so. Yeah, I, think I mean, he they're before just... and lost even quicker than he did this time. Yeah, I mean, they're just using him, you know, as a jobber, but it's it's nice to see that he's still working. I think mostly. Nice to see that he's still walking more than anything else. Yeah, holy shit. Also, Cruz versus Corbin. The battle of the potentially overpushed and the previously overpushed. Who do we think is going to take that one at TakeOver? Cruz, probably. They're cooling off on Baron a little bit, aren't they, lately? I could see it going either way. Yeah, um... It really depends on how long um, how long Apollo Cruz's you know new hotness push is gonna last. If they want to push him to the moon, then he's gonna that he's gonna beat him. But they they may cool him off. I'm not really sure. They're giving him basically the same push they gave Mojo Rawley to start with. But obviously, yeah, one but of those people I mean, turned out to be really bad. Yeah, well, it's I mean, but. Apollo Crews is way better than Mojo Rawley. He is. He's way better in the ring, at least. And you know, anyone... I think I think this match is going to be a surprise hit. Like, I don't think it's going to be like uh, Samoa Joe and Finn Balor good, but it's going to be good. Has anyone been watching Breaking Ground? I've seen bits of it. 
Have you seen bits of Mojo Rawley on there? Because he seems to be heavily featured in the advertising campaign. I have, yes. Mm. He seems to, uh, it seems to make him out to be a pretty swell guy. That's good. <laughs> well, I'm glad that he's a pretty swell guy. <laughs> Does it seem like he has the potential to improve and become yes. something in WWE? Yes, it does. I've liked him a lot better as a tag act. Uh, him and Zack Ryder have actually been really fun. Mm-hmm. See how long exactly he can stay hyped, though, because careers do burn out fast sometimes. Especially when you're as hyped as he is. He is pretty hyped. That's what they say. So, on that note, I think we should tell Mr. Point to maybe lean his chair back a little bit and test his ability to get little umbrellas for his drinks. I don't have any fucking umbrellas. We told you this last week, Point. You were supposed to go out and buy some. I love how angry you got about that. I don't have any (laughs) fucking umbrellas. You have multiple places within walking distance that sell tiny umbrellas. By the way, I I do want to make sure everyone is fully aware. Uh, The the pie-eating anus belongs to Christy Hemi. Oh, that's right! So so it's someone who is still active in the business tried to feed her her asshole. You know... Well, well, as ever, maybe that was the secret to her success. <laughs> maybe it was. I would like to do a quick shout-out to our friends over at the Game Buoy video game podcast, your thoughtful left of center, gaming news and views. Because nothing says you. our friends at the Game Buoy <laughs> like talking about a woman shoving pastry up her rectum. We also invite you to give us your thoughts so just talking points of your own and tell us what you thought of the week in wrestling by posting comments on this video, tweeting at us at Tables Ladders, or by replying to our posts on Facebook. We also ask that you follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and share our posts, rate us, and subscribe on iTunes, and shop on Amazon.com using our affiliate link. All of these links can be found on our Podbean page, tablesladderspodcast.podbean.com. Well, we're now going to our way out of the asteroid field of pies for this week, away from the, the giant diva butts trying to consume us, and all that remains to be said is TLP, everybody. TLP, everybody. TLP, Owen and Loopy and probably no one else. I don't think he's going to say it. I'm playing Mahjong. We're gonna talk about this week in wrestling Cause it was terrible unless it was great This is Tables, Ladders, and Podcast It's TLP